The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello, and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist, Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... That's how I got into Juilliard! That is Eric Velasquez. My pronouns are also he, him. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really get into Juilliard, though, you know. (laughs) Yeah, so... I said. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) But it's a big part of your identity, even though it's not actually true. Exactly. I I only started saying it after I met a world-famous actor. (laughs) <laughs> and we became friends. So if, if that didn't give it away, <laughs> this week uh, we're talking about Frankenstein's Monsters Monster, Monster Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. What, a, what an amazing title. Oh, it's so good. Like, I, this, this, this short, it's what, 32 minutes long, mm-hmm. is the dumbest smart thing I've ever watched. Or maybe <laughs> it really the smart, is. dumb thing I've ever watched. Hmm. Yeah, I remember I watched it like right when it came out and it was not at all what I expected and I was like, I don't know if I liked that or not and I never really went back to it. But like, going back to it now, I, I because I think I knew what I was getting into, mm-hmm. uh, I appreciated it a lot more. And I think also having, you know, watched a bunch of Frankenstein movies back-to-back for the past, you know, year and a half really kind of, like, set me up to appreciate what was going on in this. It's so good. Okay, Mm -hmm. so here's my question. Like, before we go into the whole review part, I I need to know this because I feel like this was inspired by The Terror of Frankenstein by uh, Tim Kirk. Yeah, I mean, it's there's some similarities. It definitely feels like the Frankenstein play that's going on in this is from the same era as mm-hmm. the uh, the original Terror of Frankenstein. Right. Uh, it also kind of reminded me of the the Dan Curtis one because it's yeah. kind of like low budget, you know, stage show sets and everything. Right. So it's like, did they know before we knew we knew that we were going to be doing this? <laughs> Like, or, or or are we are we following in their path? What's going on here? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> but like like you said, there's a lot of uh, anachronism to say the least. In that um, it's set somewhere in the 60s, 70s, 80s, possibly early 90s, but probably mm-hmm. not. Probably before the 90s. Yeah, I would, I would say, or yeah, sixties and seventies, because especially because they talk about that, like he did, you know, that uh, his dad did all the the mm-hmm. like stage plays, and that they were like dying out, and he tried to do one last one. So, right. well, it also makes me feel though, like, it's, like I don't, I don't want to spoil too much, but David Harbour's dad is a clear homage to Orson Welles. 
Oh. Right? <laughs> yes. I mean, death, there's a hard line, especially mm-hmm. in the advertisements that come later. Um, oh, absolutely. But, like, so that's, that's like, later Orson Welles is pretty much 80s. Yeah, true. Like the Transformers era. Exactly. (laughs) Well, not only that, but Miss Macbeth, or or as I like to call her, Lady Macbeth, the actress. uh, What's her name? Monica. Her real, the real actress's name, Monica. The real fake actress. Anyway, (laughs) the point is very confusing. Right. The the point (laughs) is, she's wearing something clearly out of the '80s with '80s hair, even though Mm. everything else is firmly like. This is film grain that came out of the 70s, you know. The style is, like, out of those later Hammer horror movies that, like... Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. I, I enjoyed this way more than I should have. <laughs> and the, the You know, talking about, like, that they kind of predicted us, mm-hmm. I had forgotten how much the Chekhov's gun thing was a part of this. And we've been making literal, these Chekhov's gun jokes. Chekhov's guns and ammo. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, man, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, you want to get into it? Let's, let's party. Let's do this thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we start off, and, you know, as you as you said, you know, the, like, David Harbour's the star of this, but he's sort of the star of this twice over because he's playing... A version of himself, and then he's also playing his father, his father. But David surprise, Harbour Jr. Right, yeah. He's David Harbour III, and his father, who is this this movie is basically about, is Jr. But it's a dynasty, right? There have been more mm-hmm. David Harbours than we've known about. Because we even get a picture of the David Harbour I, presumably. And he's like mm-hmm. an old, old-timey old actor from the, yeah. uh, the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah, and so he's kind of talking about this whole family dynasty and that his father kind of made his his name with these, like, TV-produced plays that, you know, that was a big part of, like, golden age of television. Mm-hmm. Specifically, you know, like, we talked about that Dan Curtis thing. That was on, like, a CBS Playhouse originally, that, that, that kind of thing. And so he'd been doing those, and, like, times were changing, and he decided to do one last play, and it was Frankenstein. And, and David Harper wants to know what drew his dad to do Frankenstein as his last TV play. Right. He even mentions that there's some, some inherent family madness as he was, uh, quote-unquote, battling rats while in his <laughs> mother's attic, and he, he stumbled upon this information. Yeah. In this film reel. <laughs> so, yeah, so then we get into, you know, th- this thing, it kind of hops between, like, present day mm-hmm. with our David Harbour and this televised play, uh, you know, from the past. So and, and we get some shots of just David Harbour Jr. with random things, like he's on the front of a stage, and he just goes, and that's how I got into Juilliard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we start with him, like, he is discussing the gun on the table and discussing Chekhov's gun as a play concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we literally have a gun in this play, and we're talking about the concept of having guns in plays and what that means. Right. So and, and <laughs> it is a literal Chekhov's gun from the Chekhov's gun store and ammo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, a doctor that comes in and tells this young man that his mom is dying. and right. then The worst actress, like, <laughs> the actual actress has to be amazing. Because she did such a good job at making it awful. <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah it's very clunky and but yeah so she's telling this guy that his mom is dying and she just says it and then leaves like completely emotionless like it's it's a very strange like no bedside manner or anything and then another woman comes in and this is the miss Macbeth, and she she talks to this young man and says that she wants to see frankenstein or she wants to see his creation because right, he's dr frankenstein yeah, she, he's like, you want to see Frankenstein? And she's like, no, you're Frankenstein. I want to see your monster. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's a common mistake. People get me and the monster mixed up all the time. Right. It goes by my name, basically, right? Yeah. So we're, we're playing with that whole thing. And she's like, that's a common mistake for you. It's your name. And he's like, <laughs> well, you, you know, I just I, I get used to it. But so you want to meet Frankenstein? I mean, my my monster. <laughs> right. Hey, what's uh, going on with this? What's up with that? Yeah. This guy's a terrible actor. Uh, and so then we see David Harbour or David Harbour Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a lab, like kind of grunting and groaning. Uh, presumably, this is Frankenstein's monster. And then we go back upstairs and we see that the uh, that Lady Macbeth is alone now in the little. It's like a living room parlor kind of area, mm-hmm. and a ship captain just bursts into the room. Like this is very. Alfred Disjointed. Molina, n- nonetheless, you know, like a, <laughs> yeah. a pretty big actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in like two scenes in this, and it's just yeah, it's oh, ridiculous. they're the best scenes though. <laughs> well, really though, he's in a lot more than just two because there's a whole subplot about him. Oh, uh, for yeah, 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 that's right. He's he's in two scenes in the play, and then he's got another thing that's fantastic. Yeah, right. He's like a true. very dramatic ship captain. Mm-hmm. He's like the what is it? He says. The rains are coming in, and it's time that we be going. And he he says something about that he likes storms, mm-hmm. um, that you know that he enjoys them. And then he leaves, uh, and we get the first little instance of every time anybody leaves the house, they shut the door, and then the door swings back open because it's a poorly made set. Right, <laughs> like the door never latches closed. Mm-hmm. So as he leaves, then the you know David Harbour Jr. comes stumbling in you know acting like a monster grunting and scares her he's very very monotone or as i like to say monster tone (laughs) 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 all right (laughs) and that's it i'm out (laughs) uh so then our our young uh you know frankenstein rushes in tells her to run away and that the creature's not been socialized yet mm-hmm. and that he'll I, handle things. I fucking love that the monster, I don't know if you've heard those quotes enough in everything we've been saying about Frankenstein the monster, is like, oh, here's the gun. Uh, and she's like, oh, no, he's going <laughs> to grab the gun. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's so amazing. Yeah. Uh, and so she leaves, at, you know, since he tells her to escape. Then we find out. So now that she's gone, we've just got the monster and and Frankenstein here, mm-hmm. uh, and we're it's revealed that actually our monster, our David Harbour Jr., is Victor Frankenstein, and the guy who we thought was Victor Frankenstein is just like a friend of his named Sal, Sal, right? Who has a, a definite <laughs> New York accent? <laughs> yeah, and he just drops his uh, his his fancy English accent at that moment. By the way, so I guess at this point, he truly is Frankenstein's monster's monster, Frankenstein. Okay, <laughs> right. sorry about that. Uh, oh no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the title is definitely a good hint to 
tell you that they're going to be playing with who's the monster who's you know who's frankenstein is frankenstein a monster is the monster a monster it's you know it's very confusing right uh, intentionally so right and there's there's a few spinoffs that uh turns out that maybe somebody else is a monster uh other than frankenstein slash david harbour jr but uh <laughs> yeah. yeah but the, he's basically just talking to sal like he you know he's like hey listen you're not you're not you got to say this you got to say that you know Make sure you stick to the script. Hmm, very mm-hmm. interesting phrase you said there, buddy. Uh, but as soon as uh, he's going through this explanation of what Sal is to do, uh, Monica opens, or I'm sorry, Macbeth opens the door, and he immediately goes, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, Macbeth is like, well, uh, you know, the captain left me, so I'm going to have to spend the night. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And then the like the play like goes to commercial, and we are back with present day David Harbor, mm-hmm. and he's talking about his father, and specifically he's talking about that to get in the the right headspace to to do all of this, uh, to dig into his dad's past. He has perfectly recreated his father's office, uh, every detail exactly the way it was, including Chekhov's gun on, on the, the desk. desk. <laughs> right, and he even he even notes that. Uh, what made his father so good at acting also made him a terrible father. So what mm. does the dad do? That's crazy. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. And so then we meet um, Nancy Ehrlich, who was the producer of the play. She's played by Mary Warrenoff, who I th- we've seen once or twice in something else. Uh, she's just, yeah, like mm-hmm. B-movie royalty. So she's kind of talking about working on the play and that there was a rivalry between Harbour Jr. and Joey Vallejo, the actor Sal. playing Sal. Yeah, but they needed each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, basically, you know, Joey was a young heartthrob and Harbour was kind of at the tail end of his career. He was an old man at that point um, and, you know, resented being shown up by this like you know young new kid on the block basically right but he he once again like you said just as much as joey needed harbor jr to show him the ropes harbor jr needed joey to stay relevant Mm-hmm. yeah and uh, yeah he definitely resented that right and we get a, a smash cut to like a an old mtv vj interview <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with harbor jr and he's like, well, yeah. and she's like, what's some adv- one piece of advice you'd give a, uh, a starting actor? And he's like, well, I really have three. Enunciate, enunciate, enunciate. So that's <laughs> just one piece of information. Uh, that's just one piece, man. What, what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, like, he's clearly, like, he's, he's, he's a blowhard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and it, it's interesting here, you know, talking about, like, Joey being, like, the, the young uh, heartthrob that we've got, you know, Harbor being interviewed on this teen show. And it almost feels like he wouldn't let Joey be interviewed by this show. And so, like, you've got this, like you said, this, like, young girl VJ who's, like, more interested yeah, in... Joey joey than she is in harbor mm-hmm. um, well like she even mentions that it's wild that they wouldn't let joey be there i think is what they say he's like mm-hmm. yeah it's wild that you'd want to focus on joey <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, he's not interested. Like, she wants to know about Joey, and Harbor is not interested in talking about Joey. Yeah. We go back to the play, and Sal is talking about, like, he's worried about trying to fool Miss Macbeth. Yeah, he's not an actor, is what he says. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the whole thing is that they're trying to fool her because they're trying to get a grant from the university that mm-hmm. she works for. Um, and I think, you know, so we have the Chekhov's gun thing, which is also, uh, you know, obviously, like, a big part of, like, dramatic uh rules or whatever but then we also have they keep saying macbeth over and over again in this play and that's like a a, yeah it's like a a superstition that you don't say macbeth on the stage because it's bad luck um and so it's kind of obviously that's the intent there that they're like poking fun at that yeah i mean they can't just go around calling her the scottish lady right (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, when when Sal says that he's not an actor, so this is where, like, it starts to get really blurry because Frankenstein starts going into this rant of acting advice Mm -hmm. for Sal, but it's really more Harbor giving Joey Vallejo acting advice in the middle of this televised play. Right, he's basically like, yes, you're not an actor because (laughs) actors do this, that, and the other. Yeah, on live TV. Yeah. And it's funny because earlier, you know, when he was telling Sal to stop deviating from the script, he was like, only I'm allowed to improvise. And clearly this is one of those moments where he's decided he's going to improvise. You can tell Joey slash Sal is very confused and doesn't know how to respond to this because it's not part of the script. Right. Well, yeah, Joey's like, he's like visibly uncomfortable. He's like, oh, man. Uh, and like Harbor gets so into it that like the end of his like rant is, uh, you know, again, and that's how I got into Juilliard. <laughs> and then he realizes, oh shit, I'm in a play. I'm Frankenstein right now. I'm not David Harbor. And he's like, uh, I mean, well, but I actually decided to go into science instead. Right. Oh, more ad living. Damn it. Anyway, so after that, we're immediately brought kind of back to the present with Bobby Fox, uh, AKA a very classic, that guy actor. Michael Lerner? Uh, mm-hmm. do, you know, do you know Michael Lerner, what all he's been in? Uh, yeah, he's, he's like the dad in like so many things, right? right? Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Um, if you watch Tales of the Mummy, Mark, he plays Marcus, Professor Marcus. Um, he was in Godzilla. He was the mayor of New York. Uh, gotcha. In the, that? The, the American one? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the awful one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you know, depends what you're blank, blank check for all of you 90s kids. Um, uh, okay, that's probably what I would remember him from, like, growing up. You know what um, I actually remember him from? I remember him from Maniac Cop 2. Okay. He's a deputy commissioner in that one. Uh, yeah, he's one of those guys who gets to play, like, cops and politicians a lot. He's, oh, a, yeah. he's a senator in one of the X-Men movies, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he's, he's a person of authority th- that, like is always out of their depth. <laughs> right. And, and he plays that role really well, so good for him. But now he's the uh, now he's the agent of David Har- Harbour Jr. Mm-hmm. So Harbour's talking to him about, you know, his dad's past and stuff. And they, they get to this, this point where, like, they're talking about, like, he had a little bit of dirt under his fingernails, yeah, sort of metaphorical dirt, you know, like, that he'd been up to no good. Yeah, and if you keep digging, you might uh, get your fingernails removed. Yeah. Harbor the Third's like, wait, are you threatening to torture me? <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah maybe not, no. <laughs> and he's, yeah, he just kind of laughs it off. 
Um, and then we cut back to the play again. You know, we're still in this, this main, the whole play takes place in this one room, right? But mm-hmm. uh, right now, all of the, the cast we've met, they're not in the room. We've just got a little girl who is dancing around the room and keeps getting dangerously close to Chekhov's gun. <laughs> right. So close that Macbeth actually calls out, the, watch out the gun! And the girl's like, I don't, I don't care about the gun. That's... <laughs> <laughs> what about the gun? And then as as she walks off, she literally gives a visible, like, a cringe. Like, I don't know if she's like, I did a bad job or this was an awful scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if, with the way that this goes, like, it feels like that's probably intentional. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. Well, I mean, they even take a still of that later in the movie. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> At that point, like, um, Frankenstein comes, or Sal slash Frankenstein mm-hmm. comes back out and is talking to Macbeth. She's like, you know, I, I want to know more about what you're doing. Uh, I feel like I'm wasting my life behind the desk. Uh, you know, I want to kind of get out and see the world. And Sal thinks that she is, like, hitting on him. Right. He's like, I want that too. And <laughs> starts, starts kissing on her. She's like, whoa, I just want to do science, my man. <laughs> yeah. And so then at that point, there's like a, over in the corner, there's like a, a spiral staircase leading up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, up to a second level. Check off staircase, this, if, if, you, if you will. <laughs> and this woman comes stumbling down the stairs and she is Frankenstein's mom, who mm-hmm. we know is dying. Um, and she's like out of it. And, you know, Sal is like, mom, get back upstairs. And she's like, you're not my son. And he's like, oh, she's, she's not well. Don't, don't listen to her. Right. He's, he's pushing her up the steps at this point. And the actress is like <laughs> lazily lying on the steps. She's singing, moaning. Yeah. Really weird, but it's a choice that she made. And then just randomly she shout she shouts out, oh, I love morphine. <laughs> 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 yeah, and so he does finally uh, get her back upstairs uh, with the actual Frankenstein's help. He kind of runs in, you know, while Macbeth is looking away and helps, like, get his mom back upstairs. Right, the most opportune. I'm going to look away for a long time at this horrible scene, <laughs> from this horrible scene. And then we cut back to the present, and uh, to help everyone remember his father, uh, David Harbour III has made his dad's famous chili for everyone. <laughs> yeah um yeah and he's like I-, I hope that the chili will spark some memories <laughs> mm-hmm. so he gives the uh, gives a bowl of it to the agent and he starts eating it and he's like ah, i remember <laughs> he's like yes 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 ah, i remember <laughs> Uh, and then at that point, we cut right back to the play. Mm-hmm. Now we have Macbeth going down to the lab. So there is that one second little set, and she is talking to who she thinks is the monster, but, you know, of course, is actually Victor. Right. She says it's refreshing to maybe talk to someone who doesn't fully understand what I'm going through. That condescension. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, I, I, you know, I just, I wanted to work with, with Victor, but he made a cheap pass at me. Uh, and all I really want was just to s- study you and and maybe make you a steady girlfriend, a mate, a bride, yeah. <laughs> not. And then they just kiss. <laughs> right. Uh, they kiss so passionately. Uh, wait, is this where they kiss passionately? Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah, and they knock over the beaker. <laughs> yeah. 
And then the kiss devolves into another uh, discussion of acting. <laughs> well, before that, though, like when they knock over the beaker, we immediately cut to the little cousin playing with a doll under the stairs. And mm. it's like, we'll be right back. Because yeah, he says something about acting, and then they end up on the slab, and they start, like, it looks like they're going to have sex. And then right. that's when it goes, we'll be right back, and we get... Um, our commercial, our actual commercial break, where we get to see the commercials. Yeah, we get our sponsors. Um, we get the Juilliard School for, of Drama. Okay, that's cool. We uh, <laughs> and it literally says, "How will you get into Juilliard?" <laughs> right. Ah, that's a, that's a through line. Okay, and then we get another advertisement for Chekhov's guns and ammo, and something that I don't know why I immediately was like, "Is this an Orson Welles reference?" Even though it has nothing to do with what he actually advertised. But it was London, USA, beef. <laughs> right. It's like a restaurant or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like a British pub steakhouse in America mm-hmm. is what it, what it appears to be at least. Right, because they do beef Wellington, and that's purely British, right? <laughs> yeah, and so we don't get to see ads for Juilliard and Chekhov's guns and ammo, but we <laughs> do get to see this ad for London, USA. Um, and yeah, it is, you know, David. Like you said, it's it's David Harbor doing an Orson Welles impression. If you've seen any of those old, like the Paul Nathan wine, yeah. oh god, yeah. those outtakes yeah. are so good. Do yourself a favor, look those up if you get mm-hmm. a chance. Yeah, absolutely, it's worth a trip to YouTube to check some of those out. Mm-hmm. So then we cut from the commercials back to the present. And now the agent is talking about problems with the production. He says, you know, they, they spent too much money. Harbor was obsessed with Aubrey Fields. They had to hire him for a part. Because yeah, Aubrey Fields is one of the best actors in the whole world, right? Yeah, and this is the, the ship captain slash Alfred Molina. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in the world of this story, he also is the host of a show called The Actor's Trunk. Okay, what is this based on? Because I swear <laughs> to God, I've seen this from like on PBS. Uh, yeah, I know, it, it kind of is like the James Lipton thing, but yeah. like, no, there is there is something more that like does literally have like prop stuff like this. I, right. I don't know specifically what it's called, but I, I'm with you. I definitely I, I have seen this. That's what uh, inside the actor's studio or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there is there like the way that James Lipton is like his like gravitas when he interviews people. There's definitely some of that in here as well. Right. Um, but yeah, we we. At that point, we see some clips of David Harbour Jr. on the Actors Trunk show, and so like the premise of the show is that the host Aubrey Fields has like a, a big like kind of steamer trunk that he puts some random objects in, and then they put an actor out on stage who then has to go through and like improvise little scenes using whatever junk he finds in this yeah. in this trunk. These are these are very uh, these are some highlights to me. I really enjoyed them. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're. I can't. Do, do we see all of? He gets um. He pulls out a tennis racket, right, and mm-hmm. and play it like he's like it could be a snowshoe or it could be a ukulele or it could be a face mask. <laughs> and it's, oh, yeah. it's revealed at this time that that is literally when he started saying, and that's how I got into Juilliard. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and and the agent is like, but in, in actuality, he did not go to Juilliard. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! But David Harbor the Third is pretty damn sure that he went to <laughs> Juilliard. Yeah, he was like, that was my dad's whole identity. Like he never stopped talking about Juilliard. And now we're introduced and to a brand new character, the dramaturge. 
uh, who's literally like, nope, your dad never went to Juilliard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's just this guy in the corner behind like a little typewriter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, they're like, yeah, basically that, that was the problem. You know, he, he said this and it wasn't true. And then he had to stick to this lie his whole life. And he was just racked with guilt about it. He was racked with um, so much guilt that he began to overeat at London, USA. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and he needed more money for the production because of hiring Aubrey Field. So he started working with Chekhov's guns and ammo, even though they had some shady mob ties. Yeah, they're just a racket for the mob. <laughs> They're just, right. they're just money laundering, that's all. <laughs> and due to all of this chaos, his marriage was on the rocks. Right, and at this point, we are then uh, informed that, you know, Nancy just was like, well, I was fucking him too. And then Bobby was like, yeah, you and everybody else. So implying that Bobby had also had sex with David's dad. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, and and David's like, no, my my parents were were fine, and and the the dramaturge guy's like, nope, the records here show whatever marriage he was in during this time was that your mom or was that a different lady? Because right. it was definitely on the rocks. No, that was definitely was, my mom. And the dramaturge is like, I'm not sure about that, but okay, not legally at least. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you know, Harbor the Third's world is coming crashing down at this point. Like he's learning all kinds of shocking information about right. his dad. Everything he knew was a lie. Yeah. At that point, Monica Fulton, the actress who plays Miss Macbeth, appears in the present in the, you know, David Harbour the Third's little office. Right. They did nothing to disguise her. She looks exactly the same as she does in the in the play. Yeah. She is not aged at all. <laughs> at this point I'm like, "Wait, is there some shenanigans because I think at some point uh David Harbour mentions like some dark sinister forces and it's like, "Oh, is she a vampire?" Are we going to get actual vampires? Yeah, there's no explanation for it, but, like, I mean, it's definitely an intentional thing. Yeah. (laughs) Then we get a clip of her on the actor's trunk. um, Where Melina puts in a frying pan. That's not sexist. Yeah, I definitely, like, this is intentionally sexist. Mm -hmm. And she, like, gets it out and does this whole, where she's like, Honey, breakfast is almost ready. Come down. And then I cry because I realize that (laughs) he's not coming down because he's dead. Dead. Right. (laughs) <laughs> explaining her choices that's fair yeah that's acting <laughs> right just, just spelling everything out for the audience and not actually showing it <laughs> i literally was like is this Chekhov's pan <laughs> is this actually gonna come back no i was just being hopeful <laughs> then we cut back to the present and harbor's like uh, it's good to see you monica but can you give us a minute and she's like Sure, and it's like super awkward. He was basically kicking her out of the room, and she's like, "I know when to, you know, when I'm not needed." And right, I may have mistimed my entrance, <laughs> yeah. but I will surely not mistime my exit. So at that point, we cut back to the play. Sal is walking in on Frankenstein and Macbeth on the on like the couch in the living room now. Like presumably, uh, they've had had the sexy time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because they're like laying on top of each other, and Sal comes strolling in, and Frankenstein's like, "Sal," <laughs> and Miss Macbeth's like, "Wait, what? Do you, why'd you call him Sal? What's going on?" <laughs> yeah, and he says something kind of interesting in that I don't like lies or secrets. <laughs> I don't like secrets. Yeah, it's weird because that's all he's been doing. But okay, um, right? Is this? Should we give a content warning? Is this technically sexual assault by uh, omission? Yeah, I mean... Because he was portraying himself as someone else. 
Yeah, because she, I mean, she's consenting to have sex with the, the monster, monster <laughs> not Victor Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's definitely not the best move for sure. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, like you know, he tells her everything at that point, and she's like, "Well, I'll be filing a report about this at the university." So she's upset by this. So. Uh, you know, there definitely is a sense that, like, I did not consent to what just happened. Right. And immediately the doctor's like, your mother has died. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she also is like, and unfortunately, there's no cure for death. <laughs> right? And if there were, it would make the world a little bit less rich. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that, ma'am. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that people always say, that, like, mortality is what makes us appreciate life. But, like, yeah, if I could cure death, I would 100%. Right? It's like, or we could just stop existential <laughs> dread. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, obviously this is, like, you know, hitting the point of Frankenstein over the head a little bit here. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Sal is trying to be an actor, and he's like, oh, no, my mother. Which, of course, at this point, everybody knows it's not his mother. Right. David's kind of like, why are you, why are you crying? <laughs> why are you crying? <laughs> and, and yeah, and then in fact we cut back to the present uh, and, you know, the agent is like, yeah, that really pissed uh, Harbor off when he started crying because crying was his thing. Yeah, um, the crying detective actually. <laughs> yeah, there, there's been a poster behind them this whole time of like one of Harbor's previous works and yeah, it's the crying detective mm -hmm. which apparently was like his most famous work his claim to fame and we in fact get a little clip uh, from the crying detective at that point right he's literally crying in a therapist's office when he figures out the crime <laughs> right and so then we cut back to the play and harbor at this point not frankenstein but harbor jr mm -hmm. is yelling at joey on stage and is like you can't cry he says that's acting sucker and punches a hole in right, the wall joey. set yeah yeah that's amazing yeah and so at that point the ship captain just appears from a secret passage and he's been in the house this whole time right he just pops in and he's like oh it's very beautiful outside not a drop of rain the sun's shining it's almost like he's trying to diffuse the, yeah. the weirdness but making it more weird yeah, I think this is Aubrey Fields trying to interject the sea captain back into the play to get things back on track, mm -hmm. which would explain why he's coming from the secret passes, because he's really just coming from backstage, you know. Yeah. But Miss Macbeth is like, I, I want to stay. Uh, you know, I don't I don't want to go because like it's the captain is like, it's time to go. I'll, I'll take you back to land. Uh, and she's like. You know, I want to stay with you, and I, I won't turn you in, Victor. I, you know, I this could work. Like we could maybe have something here. Right. Well, Sal slash Joey is not having it because he wants answers, and he pulls <laughs> the Chekhov's gun. <laughs> yeah, and so he's waving it around, you know, yelling and, and you know making a scene. And then in the present tense, uh, we've got Harbor who is like talking he's like i'm trying to figure out what happened something there's more to this story that i didn't know so to figure it out i hired a forensic accountant and a detective right they just pop in out of nowhere <laughs> yeah. it's amazing it, we find out that they've done all this in investigation and they didn't know about the juilliard thing right and uh he's like well maybe there's more that you don't know maybe you don't know about how my father killed joey vallejo mm -hmm. you know 
And that immediately cuts to several different interview clips of Harbor being like, man, I sure wish Joey Har- <laughs> that Joey Vallejo was dead. dead. You know, the best way to kill him is to cut his brakes. <laughs> it's so easy to do. <laughs> right. Uh, but the detectives are like, no, you know, his alibi actually checks out. Yeah, so he didn't kill him, but, you know, your dad was a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so at that point, Harbor the Third is angry. He picks up the Chekhov's gun <laughs> off of the desk, and he's waving it around, yelling. Mm-hmm. So we cut back to the play, which has now devolved into not really the play anymore because we've just got Harbor yelling at the, the cameras that he needs to make an announcement that Joey Vallejo ad-libbed without permission, so they're taking away the rest of his lines. <laughs> right? Well, how childish. I'm going to take my ball and run, right? <laughs> Yeah. So you you upstage me, thus you can't you can't be in my play anymore. Yeah. Then he just starts giving the like now we're on a different set like this is like the final act they're like yeah, on a, a cliff, cliff face or yeah yeah and, he, and so he talks about he doesn't show us we've never seen the real the monster but he mm-hmm. talks about how he created the life it was in his own image it was beautiful brilliant he could do everything better in every way kind of like if I had a younger person. That was exactly like me, but better. Weird, <laughs> weird to think about that. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, which is, I mean, like this is this is Joey, but this is also David Harbor the third. Right. Uh, and like, there's the just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's everything is like collapsing in on itself <laughs> in a really bizarre way. Just an ouroboros um, of fuckery, right? <laughs> right. And then he says. But, you know, my my creation began to behave erratically, and I feared for my life, and I had to shoot him. And I lost my best friend that day. Yeah, he he was such a gentle uh, soul, he even befriended a a small crab in a tide pool. What? (laughs) Okay. And so then Sal is like, wait, you shot Frankenstein? And Victor is like, I had no choice. And then Monica's like, what do you mean? You're Frankenstein. And he's like... It's a common mistake. I stopped correcting people years ago. Right, but wait, what if you are the Franken? What if you are Frankenstein? Frankenstein. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, Miss Macbeth is like at this point either Frankenstein killed the monster or the monster killed Frankenstein, Frankenstein. and is now impersonating him. But either way, we need to restrain this guy until we figure out, you know, who is who and who's dead and what's going on here. Macbeth is like, I will perform a test on him to find out who he really is. And I think (laughs) I think he even calls her the you're the real monster. Macbeth. Right. (laughs) Which Lady Macbeth was kind of the monster of the play Macbeth. So there's there's that there, too. (laughs) You know, he tries to run away and Sal pulls out the gun and fires it at the escaping whoever this right. Harbor Jr. is playing. But instead, he accidentally shoots the niece. Who gets carried in by uh, Aubrey. Yeah, gets carried in by Aubrey in the most amazing way ever. <laughs> like, she's just laying in his arms, like, with her tongue out. And he's just like, oh, you shot, you shot your niece. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, and like this is definitely like some Maria from the original mm-hmm. Frankenstein vibes. But yeah, they specifically only ever call her the niece, which right. is really funny. And so then Sal is all upset that he has killed this girl. Then we have this weird sort of like montage scene where Sal, filled with regret, puts Chekhov's gun to his head. Right. Then we have Victor Frankenstein slash the, the creature yeah. putting a gun to his head. Right. And then we have 
David Harbour Jr. the third also putting the gun to his head in the office and then they it's this it's the same gun you know this is the gun that that Harbour got from his dad's office so like you know this is this is sort of like happening at the same time at various moments in time with the same gun and it goes Uh, yeah it's Chekhov's gun does go off (laughs) three times right And then we just go, we cut back to the present. We've got Harbor the Third, and he's like, my father was a monster. Okay, by the way, he's, he's been standing by this, or at, at certain points, he's standing by this fake fireplace, mm-hmm. and he throws in his, the files on his father. No fire whatsoever. You hear crackling and popping. <laughs> yes, it's so I'm good. I'm like, what the hell? This is amazing. There's not even a fake fire. It's no, literally just a mantle with like a fireplace that's nothing's lit there. And it's, you know, there's no so, back to it. Like you can, you know, it's just, uh, you know, just a facade of a fireplace. And yeah, then the crackling. Yeah. Um, AD, uh, what is it? The ADR. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Foley work. Yeah, Foley work. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I, yeah. And then Harvard just like looks right into the camera and he's like, so he's, you know, he said, my father was a monster. And, and then he says, but in the coming years, I'll present him in the best possible light. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then we cut to credits featuring a bunch of London, USA bloopers that are straight up like the, the Orson Welles ones we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, the Palmason ads. <laughs> yeah. This is shit. What if you drink this piss? <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, and he, of course, he finishes by, and that's how I got into Juilliard. <laughs> right, of course. Ah. <laughs> you know what's funny? We literally spent more time talking about the movie than it would to be to watch the movie. Yeah, this this movie, it, like, it's quick, you know, it, it is like 32 minutes, but it's so weird and convoluted that, like, yeah, there's a lot to get into in it. And, like, I feel like you, if you really, really wanted to spend the time, you could, like, analyze the hell out of this and the way that it, the layers of, the, like, the nesting doll of how this movie is built. Right. Uh, it, it, it's psychotic, yeah, it's psychotic, but it's it's actually a master class <laughs> in acting or storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's and it's, like, it's a parody of Frankenstein that, like, clearly loves Frankenstein. It's a parody of this the theater and and acting in general but like by people who who are all actors and clearly love their craft um so yeah it's it's the kind of thing that like nobody can poke fun at the thing you love like you can you know Mm -hmm. like if somebody else is making fun of something you like it's like fuck you but you know like i can make fun of the shitty movies i like (laughs) because i like them you know that's uh, and that's what that's what this feels like is like that sort of the loving you know mockery that that you get from people who care about something. Ah, uh, truly. And like the the whole the whole culture surrounding those like you know late uh, late seventies early eighties uh, TV televised plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it's very bizarre. Um, yeah, I mean like there's nothing else quite like this. No. And you know what's weird? Like, don't get me wrong. Netflix sucks <laughs> now, right now. <laughs> so, I mean, if you can find it another way, watch it another way. I don't think you can unless it's, you know, someone has downloaded it somewhere. But it it's it's still, like, really fun. Mm-hmm. And it's from that time when, like, Netflix was sort of, Right. letting people do weird stuff like they were just you know throwing money at creators 
who wanted to try something a little different. And like, there's no way this would have ever been made any, maybe no. Adult Swim right. maybe might have done it like mm-hmm. during like the Too Many Cooks era of Adult Swim. But right. like outside of that, I can't imagine anybody bankrolling this other than Netflix. Right. Oh yeah. No, no way at all. But it's also like, it's, it's so crazy how good it is for what it is. Yeah, it, it really, like, what it feels like is, like, you know, this was during Stranger, you know, it, sure, yeah. when Stranger Things was just getting huge, and I'm sure David Harbour is like, I have this kind of interesting idea, and they're like, if you want to, well, you know, whatever you want, like, we'll here's money. Yeah. yeah. This was when uh, David, I mean, David Harbour is still a bankable actor, but it was like, he's the next action hero, and it's like, not not so much. I mean, he's a good actor. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, this is this like, you know, as uh, when we talked to, you know, Addie Tsai and she said, you know, talked about like the uh, the book and saying that it's for by Frankenstein stand for Frankenstein stands yeah. that that feels like this as well. Uh, it's yeah. Uh, if you've been watching along with us all this time, then like everything about this is really just going to hit home for you. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right. Where can they find us, Anthony? Ah, uh, yeah, so, you know, you can find us on all the socials at the Frankencast. Um, you know, whatever, uh, right now, really, it's Twitter and Instagram are the big ones, but, you know, whatever shakes out as being <laughs> the the one we all move to at some point, we'll be there at that address. Right. Um, uh, we're also at Reddit, the underscore Frankencast. Uh, you can email us at thefrankencast at gmail.com. And you can always find us over at patreon.com slash the Frankencast. Ah, wonderful. All right. So, Anthony, I think next week we ought to... Uh, we've, we've kind of been dragging along, huh? <laughs> I think we've been, we've been spending so much time in, in the Frankenwarp, we might want to do uh, the Time Warp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've, we've been doing some kind of weird campy stuff, and it doesn't get any weirder or campier than Rocky Horror Picture Show. So it's time. We This has been like a, we need to do this for a while, and, and the, the time has come. I mean, can we say we're, this is technically like Halloween in March? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you're a Frankenstein fan, I guess Halloween's all year long. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is a you know the classic weirdo musical extravaganza that you know has inspired midnight showings uh, you know around the globe for decades. We're finally gonna get it to it. We'll throw some stuff at the at our computer screens and <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll be pushing hot dogs around on our desktops. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, so man. so join us next week for what is sure to be a very weird episode. <laughs> yep, 100%. <laughs> All right, well, in that case, to be continued. Looks like you survived another episode. The Freaking Cast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at The Freaking Cast. Or send us a letter at thefrankencast at gmail.com. Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Our theme music is by Vivek Abhishek. Thanks for listening. The flappy crab that is Eric Velasquez. My pronouns are also he, him. (laughs) 
All right, that's the first one. 